Imagine a day when detecting some of the body's most harmful diseases and conditions is as easy as spitting in a cup. Saliva testing. How does it work? And what can we gain from it? You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients by repurposing current therapies for new uses. And our guest is San Francisco-based general practice dentist, Dr. Andre Azarinfar. He's a member of the American Dental Association, the California Dental Association, the American Academy of General Dentistry, and the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. Dr. Azarinfar, welcome to Reach MD. A pleasure to be your guest, sir. So tell us a little bit about your background, where you trained, and how you got into understanding about saliva testing. I was trained at the University of Karolinska Institute, Royal Caron- at Caroline College of Dentistry in Stockholm. And saliva is, at the time that I was trained, actually that was part of my major training, was taking saliva and evaluate it because saliva was considered was one of the medium, excellent diagnostic medium, that basically could simply be collected and you could diagnose a lot of oral problems, such as if the patient had higher risk to develop decay or if the patient is at risk to develop gum disease. And that was in the late 80s. And during the last two de- decades, actually, some medical breakthroughs have been about the saliva as a diagnostic medium. Basically, you look at the saliva in order to find out if the patient, for instance, they have HIV or AIDS, which the test was developed in the late 90s, and has been on the market, and recently in University of Texas, they are developing a saliva test, which they try to find out if the patient is more prone to have breast cancer. As you know, breast cancer is the second leading cause of death among women, and by doing a simple saliva test, you can find out if the patient, they have tumor markers in the saliva. And the tumor markers, they called uh, CR proteins or cancer antigens. And the patients that they have those protein markers elevated in the saliva, then means they are higher risk to develop breast cancer. So tell us a little bit about saliva itself. What is it and what's its function in the mouth? Saliva has a lubricating function in the mouth. It makes the chewing and eating easier, speaking easier. And you need to have it. That's the defense mechanism in the mouth. Basically, it has an antibacterial function, which protects the teeth and the gum tissue. If you don't have saliva, then you're going to develop a lot of oral diseases, such as decay, such as sore soft tissue, and so on. And where do we usually see that loss of saliva? What kinds of patients have that problem? The patient that they're undergoing to cancer or the patient that they have systemic diseases, such as Sjogren's syndrome. Sjogren's syndrome is one of the most destructive diseases which affects the salivary glands and the eye glands. Basically, if the patient, they have Sjogren's syndrome, then they have lower saliva. And as a dentist, you can be the first to suspect Sjogren's syndrome and refer the patient to the medical specialist to come up with the diagnosis. What kinds of things can we do for those patients that have xerostomia or lack of or loss of saliva? You have to find out the cause before xerostomia. 
If there is a systemic cause, then you have to address that cause. If the patient doesn't have any systemic cause, then you can, there are artificial saliva, type of saliva you can recommend. You can recommend the patient saliva-stimulating agents that they can start taking it, and also antibacterial rinses that they can use. What kind of compounds do we find in saliva, and do these compounds change during disease, drug use, times of stress, when we're exposed to toxic substances? Yes, they do, actually. You have enzymes in the saliva, different enzymes. You have antibacterial type of agents you have in saliva. You have minerals in the saliva. And depending on when you evaluate the saliva, then you can find out what type of agents that are deficient in the saliva. So are there certain kinds of drugs that would show up in a patient's saliva? Could we use a saliva test for drug screening? As far as I know, I'm not aware of the drug screening, but of course, I'm sure that there are ways to find out in saliva because that's one of the simplest diagnostic medium, I'm sure that you can do that, but I'm not aware of that. What else do we know about saliva that's important to the the whole oral health condition? How does it affect tooth decay? Saliva has an antibacterial function and has a lubricating function. If you don't have saliva, then what happens, you have bacteria present in your mouth, and those bacteria, they start producing acids, and the acids damaging the teeth and causing decay. So basically, if you don't have saliva, you don't have anything to fight against those bacteria that everybody has in their mouth. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I am speaking with Dr. Andre Azarinfar, a bioesthetic dentist who's at the forefront of research and use of saliva testing for disease diagnosis and prevention. So in the mouth, what do those bacteria use as food or fuel to create that kind of acid that causes tooth decay? Every time that we eat, those bacteria, they're using those byproducts. And they, they use the, but whenever we eat something, they start producing acids. And those acids, they are the byproducts of the bacteria, which attacks the hydroxyapatite on the enamel and the minerals and the enamel, then it causing decay. What kind of saliva testing are you doing in your office, and what does it help you? The basic saliva tests are deciding the flow of the saliva, the pH of the saliva, that's what we decide, and we run a culture of the saliva. The most common bacteria in the mouth uh, that they cause the tooth decay, they are estreptococcus mutans, that they're causing the decay on the crown of the teeth, and there are lactobacillus that, lactobacillus that they cause the root decay. And by running a culture, you can find out what type of bacteria the patient has, and that depending on that, they are at risk to develop root decay or a you know, regular decay on the crown of the teeth. Is there something that we can do to help the saliva be more antibacterial? Yes. And if they have a higher counts of the bacteria, then you have to find out why they have the higher counts of bacteria. It could be that the patient doesn't have proper diet habits. If they eat, the frequency is eating more often, then the bacteria counts go higher. Then you have to give diet counseling to the patient. If the patient has the proper diet habits, then what you have to look into is put some antibacterial agents such as fluoride, 
rinse of fluoride tablets or xylitol gums in order to stimulate more saliva to fight those bacteria. When you do bioesthetic dentistry, when you change a patient's bite or when you do restorative work, how do you take into consideration what's going on with the saliva in the mouth and how does that impact your treatment plan? The saliva evaluation of the saliva diagnostic, that's the base, that is one of the early tests that I do on every patient that they come to my practice, independent if they want to go through biostatic treatment or they're not going to go through biostatic treatment. Because again, tooth decay is one of the most common oral diseases and it's infectious disease. And the saliva is one of the most important components fighting against tooth decay and causing tooth decay. That's the, one of the essential tests that I, or part of the exam that I run in my practice. Is there anything that a patient can do to try and increase the quality of their saliva or the amount of saliva that they have? The best thing that the patient can do is to have proper diet habits. The frequency of eating is very important. The amount of sugar that you have in your diet is very important. And good dietary habits such as vegetables and limited frequency of the eating is very important for patients. So tell us a little bit more about that. My sister used to have an issue where she would sip Coca-Cola a little bit all day long. She never drank more than one or two cans, but her teeth got really bad. Why would that happen? First of all, the Coca-Cola has, the regular Coca-Cola has a lot of sugar. So if she's sipping even two times a day, Coca-Cola, then she's taking a lot of sugar in. And the bacteria, they're using sugar, and they're producing acids as byproducts. And those acids, they're attacking. If she's she, constantly, she's feeding the bacteria with that Coca-Cola. And even if you have a Diet Coke, still, even if it doesn't have sugar, the pH, which the critical pH for the enamel is 5.7, and then if it's lower than that, then it could cause damages to the enamel, cause erosion. So it's not only bad for her to have the sugared part, but even the carbonation and the pH in the in the diet soda? Anything on this pH under 7, it could cause erosion in the enamel. So if I was drinking two Cokes a day, I'd be better off drinking them quick than I would be sipping them a little bit at a time? If you definitely need to have Cokes a day, it would be better for you to drink it when you have your main courses, when you eat your lunch or dinner at that time, you're better off other than snacking during the day. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I am speaking with Dr. Andre Azarinfar, a bioesthetic dentist who's at the forefront of research and use of saliva testing for disease diagnosis and prevention. Tell us a little bit about toothbrushing and the oral hygiene that a patient does. How does this affect their oral care and their saliva? Bacteria are present inside everybody's mouth. By cleaning those bacteria and biofilms on the teeth, then what happens every time you eat, damages that the bacteria cause could be minimized. So you have to remove those bacteria. And how can you remove it? The only effective way is mechanical removal. Mechanical removal is brushing and flossing. Studies have shown that electric brushes, they are more effective and efficient in removing the bacteria. The average time each individual cleaning the teeth is about 60 to 70 seconds uh, per time that they brush the teeth. That time, unfortunately, is not enough, but we have to 
educate our patient in order to brush effectively and then floss after brushing to remove any type of biofilm and bacteria on the teeth. So how long should an average patient brush their teeth every day? Two minutes. Two minutes twice a day? Yes. The mouth is a gateway to the body in many more ways than just nutrition and respiration. I want to thank our guest, San Francisco-based dentist Dr. Andre Azarinfar, for joining us to talk about new research in saliva testing to help diagnose and treat disease. I'm attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that repurposes existing treatments for new uses. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, where you can find our new on-demand and podcast features that will allow you access to our entire program library. And thank you for listening.